So we've been, um, many of you know, uh, but if you're picking this up for the first time on a, on a Sunday morning, um, one of the things that we really felt over kind of the last 18 months, two years, is that the role of fivefold ministry isn't just to display how great the minister is. The role is really to equip the saints. And, and so what, what we sensed from that was a real desire to uh, follow through on the things that God was showing us before we went into this lockdown, which was about disciples making disciples, creating a discipleship culture rather than a culture of just professionals who stand at the front of church or professionals who are in the worship team and people who get paid to do jobs. That, that's not what God ever intended. God intended to make disciples who make disciples. And so as part of that, one of the things that we, we felt to do was to raise up teachers and ministers and to train them. So we started this thing uh, at the start of this year called Truth Quest, and we've had a number of people going through that, uh, different people ministering. You've already seen the minister. You've already seen Lorraine minister once when we were entirely online. Uh, but today's a little bit different. We're going to have Lorraine live and... Uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing, so I just want you to think about this in advance. I don't want to spoil Lorraine's talk or whatever. But one of the things that we're actually going to be doing this morning is we're going to be engaging in prayer ministry. Now, as you, as you know, we're not supposed to lay hands on. But if you've come in a bubble, there's no reason, for instance, why you can't lay hands on each other. And we're going to be praying for people in whatever way you feel comfortable with without laying hands on as, as we go around. And, then I'm going to be, and I'm going to be praying for people online as well. So if you just want to have a think about what you're comfortable with, uh, and I'm just going to invite Elaine now to come up and minister to us and uh, bring her notes and her water bottle and everything else a, a, a bona fide speaker needs these days. And, and you can take your mask off. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love that. Disciples making disciples. That's what's on my heart. Um, I'm certainly not standing here this morning as somebody who's professional. <laughs> so um, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, thank you for that amazing worship. And um, I just love, you know, Mike's there busy doing sound with a baby under his arm. And, you know, you're amazing. Um, hats off to you. <laughs> um, so last time I spoke, it wasn't live. I was recording in my kitchen felt a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, I knew that um, when I made a mistake, and I did, that I could say, Jules, can you edit that bit out, please? And then when I watched it back on Sunday, it was amazing. You couldn't even tell that she'd edited some bits out, so thank you. Unfortunately, Jules has not learned to do that in a live session. So if I say, Jules, edit that bit out, can you all just pretend that the bit that happened before didn't happen? Is that okay? That would really help me feel a bit more at ease. The other thing I'm, I could ask you is, I'm a year one teacher, so um, I teach children here age five to six. So if one of you at some point could put your hand up and say, can I go to the toilet, please? At that point, I'd like the rest of you to copy, put your hands up and all need the toilet at the same time. I am, of course, kidding, because if you actually do that, I will forget what I'm saying, we'll have a really long pause, and then I'll be having to ask Jules to edit it out. So please don't do that. <laughs> right, so this morning we are talking about laying on of hands. Um, you have heard a lot about the Truth Quest group, and um, we have been looking at Hebrews 6, 
um, and the foundational subjects. And um, laying on of hands is listed as one of the foundational subjects. So if it's listed as foundational, we need to talk about it, we need to know what it means. Um, and of course, it seems like a really funny subject to do in the middle of a pandemic where you're not allowed to touch anybody and you have to be two metres away. But don't worry, we have a plan. Um, well, God has a plan. Um, so some churches embrace it and some churches shy away from it. Um, but let's see what the Bible says about it. So laying on of hands is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, just briefly to say, in the Old Testament, it comes up where the priest would lay both hands on an animal and there would be a transfer of sins to the animal. You can find that in Leviticus um, 16, for example. Um, we can also see in the Old Testament um, laying on of hands um, to transfer leadership. So we see Moses ask God for a successor and God says to him, lay your hands on Joshua, the son of Nun. Um, we can also see, if we look at that account in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, um, it says, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So we can see in the Old Testament transferring of sins. We can see transferring of leadership and of wisdom. Um, I'm going to um, go on to look at... Um, a particular scripture, I like to pick up scriptures where I feel like maybe they're a bit mistaught because I think it's good to look at them. Um, I want to look at 1 Timothy 5, verse 22 with you briefly. Um, if we look at it in the New King James Version, so that's 1 Timothy 5, verse 22. In the New King James Version, it says, Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourselves pure. Now, I've heard people use that scripture to say, be careful who you lay hands on, because you can get something. If they've got an evil spirit, then it can transfer to you. Be careful who you're touching. Um, but actually, if we look at it in the Amplified Version, it says, do not hurry to lay hands on anyone, ordaining and approving someone for ministry or an office in the church or in reinstating expelled offenders, and thereby sharing the sins of others. Keep yourselves free from sin. So we get the context there. That's actually talking about not putting somebody in, um, uh, um, in a position of authority or power too hastily, that, um, because otherwise we're part of it. We've put them there. We've enabled them to be in that position. So um, it's not actually talking about being careful what you get back. And actually, we're going to come back to this um, Oh, I was also going to say, I'm not going to go into it in great detail, but in the Old Testament, we see the ark, um, and it carried the presence of God. Um, do you think that an evil spirit could be in the ark as well? Could an evil spirit be in the ark at the same time as the presence of God? So we live in New Testament, and the Bible says that we are the temple of the living God. The Bible says if you believe that you have the Holy Spirit in you, um, and you have received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you are a living temple of the presence of God. So therefore, an evil spirit cannot dwell in you at the same time if you have the power of God in you. Um, that's what I believe. And actually, we will pick up on this a little bit later. So we've looked at it a little bit in the Old Testament, so let's jump forward to the New Testament. Um, Jesus 
laid hands on a lot of people and it was his number one way of seeing people healed. Um, just to carry it, it's not his only way of seeing people healed. We know that he um, healed from a distance when he wasn't even with somebody. We know um, he wasn't laying hands on Lazarus when, when Lazarus was raised from the dead. dead. Um, so hung up on that's the only way to heal people. Um, but it is a way. Um, I'm also going to pick up on Mark 6, verse, um, verse 5, which again I believe is um, mistaught sometimes. It says, so he, that's Jesus, could not perform any miracles there except to lay his hands on a few of the sick and heal them. So Jesus, um, this is where Jesus grew up, and they had seen Jesus run around as a little boy wearing his nappies or whatever they wore in those days. Um, it probably wasn't some big terry toweling thing with a safety pin. Um, I don't know what Jesus wore, um, but they'd seen all of that. They'd seen him toddling around. They knew that he were, was Mary and Joseph's son, and they struggled to see that he could also be the son of God. So when he was there, he couldn't do many miracles. But it does say, except to lay hands on a few of the sick and heal them. I have heard people say, he, see, Jesus couldn't heal everyone. It just shows um, that he could only heal a few. But that isn't what it says. It says he laid hands on a few of the sick and healed them. If he laid his hands on you, you were healed. Um, there was nobody that Jesus couldn't heal. Um, it was just that they wouldn't come to him because they didn't see him as the son of God. Um, there's so many scriptures I could have chosen to talk to you about Jesus laying hands on the sick and then recovering. Um, and I love it. You know, God's so good. I'm not academic, naturally. Um, I don't always find it easy sitting and reading for long periods. And um, I'm not someone that this comes naturally to. Um, so I love it when God teaches me through it and like he shows me things and um, because I know that I wasn't smart enough to come up with it myself. So I just, I just love it. Um, if we look at Luke 13, verse 10, um, I chose this scripture originally just to, just to show just like laying his hands on people. But when I was practicing it for the um, Truth Quest talk to do my timings, to check my timings were okay, the Holy Spirit showed me something else. Um, so I'll read it to you first. So this is verse 10. One Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman there had been disabled by a spirit for 18 years. She was hunched over and could not stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your disability. Then he placed his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and began to glorify God. Um, so I chose it because Jesus lays his hands on her and she's healed, she stands up. But when I read it to get my timings, the Holy Spirit showed me, look, she was disabled by a spirit and yet Jesus laid his hands on her. Um, and it just reaffirmed and just confirmed that you don't need to be afraid of who you lay your hands on, that you're not going to catch an evil spirit back. Jesus wasn't scared of what he was going to get him, get him rid of. He, he didn't say, he knew she had an evil spirit. He didn't say, I'm sorry, I can't lay hands on you. I'll do it from over here because I can do it from over here. He laid his hands on her. Um, and it reminded me of Jesus laying his hands on the lepers. He didn't worry about what he was going to catch. He knew he carried the power of God. Um, so Jesus' most common practice in healing is touch, which is often described as laying on of hands. 
Um, and it's not just Jesus that laid hands on the sick, but his disciples too. Um, well, I'm not sure how to pronounce this word. Um, it's in Acts 28, verse 8. The father, I was going to ask somebody before the service and I forgot. The father of Publius, Publius, the father of Publius, Mark's not giving me help, um, was sick in bed. So this person, beginning with P, was stuck, sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him, and after praying and placing his hands on him, he healed the man. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus and Paul here actually pray and then lay hands. Um, I hadn't really noticed that before either. Um, so we see many instances of healing coming through laying on of hands. Um, we also see... Um, um, it was also a way of transferring of the Holy Spirit. Um, so when we look in Acts 19, verse 4, it says, Paul explained John's baptism was a baptism of, of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So we see that laying on of hands is, um, can also transfer the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, so should we be laying hands? And the answer is yes, we should. We are Jesus' hands and feet. Um, but don't worry, I know that we're in a pandemic. We will come on to that. And Mark 16 says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover not they might recover they may be recover if you've been really good that week they'll recover it says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover <clears throat> but what do we do we are in a pandemic we're not supposed to touch people unless they're in our bubble um i mentioned last time i spoke about my trip to london with the royal family um and i have to say it blew my mind i'm someone who's quite traditional and i liked it approach people and say can I pray for you and I like to lay my hands if I can where the if it's a pain in the knee I like to lay my hands on the knee um, obviously um, there are times when it's not appropriate to lay hands on people you know if you haven't got the body part then you shouldn't be laying hands in that area um, you can pray from a distance um, but it is important Mark 7 verse 13 says we can nullify the word of God by our religious traditions when I looked up that word nullify, it actually means take the power out. And that's quite a scary thought, that we can take the power out of the word of God by our religious traditions. And we like to think we haven't got religious traditions, but if, if we kind of lock ourselves into some way, if I say, God, I've, and when I first started going on the streets, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to say, I put my hand here, I say these magic words, and then it's done. Because I wanted to try and control um, what God was doing um, and actually you have to learn to walk with God and God will sometimes say to you to put your hand somewhere he might just say to you to do something different he might have a word um, you might have a picture to share there might be something else that will unlock healing for someone so it's really important not to get locked down into doing it one way um, yeah it blew my mind with the royal family I saw and heard of many ways of people doing things that I hadn't even thought of 
So, for example, if you want to pray for somebody at the checkout in the supermarket, it's hard because there's a queue behind you. The person needs to look like they're working, they're under pressure. And quite often they have things like backache because they've been sitting in that position all, a long time. And um, my friend Rory, he's learned that he can just use his credit card like a prayer cloth. So if so, he becomes aware that the checkout person is um, in pain, he'll say to them, here, hold this. He doesn't even say... I'm going to pray for you. Do you, want, do you want me to pray? He just says, here, hold this while he's packing his shopping. And he's just trusting God. It's a prayer cloth. He knows that God wants to heal that person and set them free. And he knows Jesus has already paid the price. So he's just trusting God in what he's done. And then he'll just say to them, how's that? Oh, what did you do? Oh, well, I believe in Jesus. And he just healed you and just takes his credit card back. Or maybe they might say, well, it feels a bit better, but not completely. Well, just hold that again and just carries on packing his shopping, sorting his children out. Um, so using things that you might not think of as a prayer cloth. Um, there was another lovely young couple called um, Dunya and Marco, who um, actually got married last year. Um, they're really lovely. And Marco and Dunya were fantastic at just being imaginative and creative in ways of praying for people. Um, there was a couple, and I think that the lady was sitting on like a walker thing, and they approached her, and she was in pain, and they asked if they could pray for her. And the husband was saying, no, 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 because she didn't speak any English. And while the husband was saying, saying, he actually just handed her his jumper. So she, she was just sitting there, and she, just, she didn't understand what he was saying, so she just took the jumper he was passing her. So the husband was saying, no, 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 you, you can't pray for us. We're Muslims. Um, um, we don't believe in that, thank you, we don't want you to pray. And he said, oh, ask him if the pain's gone. So um, he, he spoke to his wife, the pain's gone, what have you done? Um, and so they wanted to know then, <laughs> what have you done? So, um, yeah, again, a different type of prayer cloth. Um, I've seen people doing shadow healing, um, which is not completely crazy out of context of the Bible, actually, because Paul walked past people and his shadow healed people. So you can't do it today, it's not very sunny. But on a sunny day, you could use your shadow of your finger to point to somebody's knee or to somebody's head, or like you can point to somebody's shadow in different bits that they need healing, if they're comfortable with that. They might not be comfortable in the middle of the streets with you pointing at their shadow. Um, obviously, you need to be sensitive to the people that you're praying with. You're, you're approaching people, as Cheryl said, everything we do is in love, not to embarrass people and make people feel awkward and uncomfortable. But if some, somebody's up, you know, it's a way of healing without even touching somebody. Um, you can also just point. You could point to an area. You could just say, can I pray for your ankle? And just point to the ankle if it's the ankle that needs pointing at. Again, people might not want you pointing at them. Just be, be sensitive. Um, one of my favorite examples, though, to share with you was... Um, I, again, I wasn't in this group, but they came back and told us about it. Um, Pete Cabrera, who founded um, the Royal Family, he was over for the teaching because it was the first time the course had run in the UK. Um, and they were in a restaurant, and we were in a very um, um, Muslim-dominant area. And they found out that the guy who owned the restaurant was in a lot of pain um, in his back, um, but he was Muslim. Um, so Pete, instead of confronting his religion, um, took out of his rucksack a jewellery box. And again, in his mind, it's some kind of prayer cloth. And he says to the guy, um, there's, some, there's something in you. So he hands the guy the jewellery box and he opens it and there's nothing in there. 
And the man says, there's nothing in here. And he says, are you sure? Have a really good check. So he looks, there's nothing in here. He said, well, that's because you've already received it. He said, how's your back? What have you done? And he says, no, 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 you don't want to know. He says, I do want to know. What have you done? My back, there's no pain. What have you done? No, 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 I've told you, you don't want to know. Oh, please, sir, tell me what have you done? And there was a little bit of this, no, I really don't want to tell you because I know that you won't want to hear it. No, please tell me. So he says, okay, um, you've been healed by Jesus. I'm a Christian, and I believe that Jesus has paid the price for you to be healed. No, 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 I'm Muslim. No, I didn't ask, are you Muslim? I said, are you healed? Is, is your pain gone? Well, yes, it has gone. Okay. And he just left it at that. That man's got to go home and think. Every time he moves, there's no pain. Wow, he said it was Jesus. Every time he moves, wow, he said it was Jesus. And he's got to have that own thought with God. See, we think sometimes we've got to do everything. But actually, the Bible says we're to sow seeds and that God himself will bring the increase. It says that it'll grow up overnight when we don't even know how it grew up. So we have to trust God to do his part. So we sow seeds. And you might see somebody um, healed instantly. They might not be. They might walk off like the lady I last spoke about. And she came back to tell me that she was healed. But just keep trusting and knowing that God's word is true. It doesn't matter what you see in that moment, but trusting. Um, so we've talked about um, different ways of receiving things. Um, this morning we're going to have some time where if you would like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit or you would like to receive healing, um, that we're going to pray for you this morning. Um, Mark has put on the back table some hand gels. So if you want to use a prayer cloth idea, um, the person could use hand gel before and after, um, or you can just do it from a distance, just practice the pointing. Um, just have a go, have a bit of fun. You know, we're in a safe place here where you can have a go at um, praying with somebody. Um, with pain, a really useful thing to do is instead of saying it has the pain gone, actually giving somebody a scale. So if you pray for somebody who's got pain, you can say to them, what, how would you rate it? If zero is no pain, 10 is the worst pain, how would you rate it? Maybe they say five, six, and then you pray for the pain to go. Pain doesn't always want to go, um, so sometimes we have to pray more than once. So you can say, um, okay, has it reduced? It reduced it? Yeah, do you know what? It's a, it hasn't gone completely, but I would say about a three now. And then you both get encouraged because you can see it's going. So you're encouraged to pray again. Okay, pray again. My girls know, and they pray with me. Sometimes the pain will go up. I actually quite like it when that happens. I have seen so many times, as soon as, soon as somebody says to me, it's getting worse, I know it's going. Because almost when something starts to get worse in that moment that you're praying, it's like a last-ditched effort to stay and to convince you that you can't get rid of it. See, it gets worse just before it's going. I've seen it many times. <clears throat> So now, actually, when someone says to me it's getting worse, I go, yes, it's going now. And I, I know it's going to go because I've seen it. It's like that last, if I can convince her, if I get worse, she's going to panic and stop. Okay? Whereas, actually, I think, I know you're listening. Now you're going. So um, don't panic. If someone says to you it's getting worse, don't worry. Just keep going. Say it's going now. Um, so my girls know that they can give you that scale. And if it's getting worse up the scale, they know they pray again. Um, until it's gone. So don't be worried. Um, 
I'm someone who really believes in making disciples, and I can pray for you. But actually, if you're here this morning and you have um, made Jesus your Lord of, of your life and you've accepted him into your heart, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, I would like you to stand up, please. If you know that you have Jesus in you, and you know that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand. The reason I'm asking you to stand is any one of you can, can pray for the sick today. Any one of you can pray for somebody to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's a real shame that people at home can't see what I'm seeing. There's so many people in the room stood up. It's awesome. Um, if you are not standing and you would like healing this morning or you would like to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, I want you to look around and I want you to think, who do I feel comfortable going to to, be, um, to pray for me to be healed? Okay, I'm happy to pray for you as well. Mark and Cheryl are happy to pray for you um, um, or anybody that you know in the church. Um, but maybe just let someone else have a chance of praying. Um, Mark, I believe, is going to pray for the people at home. If you are standing and you do need healing, you also can obviously choose to be prayed for by somebody. So, um, yeah, is that okay? Shall yeah. we break off and let you pray for the I'll, people at home? I'll just pray for people at home first, and okay. then we, we, can, we can minister here. So if, you, if you're at home and you need healing, right now I want you to put your hand on the place that needs healing. Um, if it's kind of something, for instance, that you're wrong with your eye, I want you to put your hand on your eye, or if it's your knee, on your knee, and all the rest of it. Um, if, you're, if you're actually with somebody, then encourage them to put their hand on too. And we're just going to pray. We're going to pray right now. And, and as we, we kind of end the service online, I want you to carry on praying for each other. I want you to expect God to do some miracles, because that's what we see. That's what he does. And uh, that's what Jesus paid for, so it's ours. So right now, Father, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus paid for our healing. He paid for every sickness, every pain, every bit of suffering, so that we might not have to carry it. And right now, Lord, as we, we speak, I speak from a distance, but those who are, are there in that room now, right now, they lay hands on. And in the name of Jesus, sickness, we command you to go. Pain, cease in Jesus' name. Anything that's damaged, be restored in the name of Jesus. Circulation, return to normal. Knee pain, be gone in Jesus' name. Pain behind the left eye. You go now in Jesus' name. Pain across the front of the head. Migraine pain. Go in Jesus' name. COVID symptoms right now. Go in Jesus' name. Every virus you get out of that body. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. Life come. Enemy, I bind you. I tell you to leave that person alone. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to come. I lose life. I lose freedom. And I break the hold of the enemy now. In Jesus' name.
And just like Jesus spoke to the, the kind of from a distance healing to the centurion servant, right now, Lord, we speak into the spiritual realm and command to manifest in the physical realm. Cancer, go now in Jesus' name. Shrivel and go. Disappear completely in the name of Jesus. Manifest now in the physical realm. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're just going to leave you online now. We're going to uh, do some prayer ministry here, uh, as Lorraine's outlined. But uh, we just want to say that we love you. Uh, we, we're looking forward to seeing you too, and we bless you. And what we'd really would be really great is if you could email in uh, anybody right now who's who knows they're healed or you experienced the healing during the week. Email it into the office, office at faithlifechurch.org.uk, so we can all celebrate with you. If you, you know you're healed now, right now, whilst the credits are running at the end, put a comment on, on the website, uh, put a comment, sorry, on the Facebook comments. That would be awesome. If you feel the, the, the pain that you've been experiencing is decreasing, put that comment on right now on Facebook. And, and, it, and we just want to share testimony because it's so encouraging. Uh, those testimonies raise our faith where we are, and then we see the same where we are. So right now, Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do for us. And I thank you for these healings that we, we've seen this morning. I, I thank you that for all you've done. And so we carry on praying now and ministering. We come expectant that we will see more and more of you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.